Jimmy Foster. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Tuesday morning, May 24th, 2022. 54 degrees in the capital city as the sun slowly rises. Glad to have you with us. Got a good show for you today. Joe Jordan, News Channel. Nebraska will join us. Jason Ball from Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. John Baylor from the world of John Baylor. And uh, our morning drive, we'll count down the five things you're going to be talking about today. Your sound off. And another day of Keys to the City. Today, our featured business on Keys to the City. Munch Madness champions, Norms on 48th. Now sporting a uh, bracket plaque. Uh, for everyone to admire there in the store. Uh, the keyword today is local. Norm's on 48th, opened in November 2019. Secondary location, the original Norm's Car Care. And so what what you can do now, go to KLIN.com, go to the keys on the city link, and type in that keyword local, L-O-C-A-L, and you'll be entered to win a $50 gift card from Norm's. Plus, you'll be in to win the grand prize with gift cards from all of our keys to the city featured businesses, $1,000 value. So keep listening for those keys to the city keywords. And you win that $1,000 gift card package. I mean, there's like... Like almost you can go almost anywhere in town and have a gift card there. You're gonna have to get a big. You're gonna have to get like a George Costanza wallet though. Is gonna be the thing. That's uh, you need like a gift card filing system with us. But that's a good problem to have if you if you end up winning. All right. Uh, let's. By the ju- way, yes. I just happened to catch a Norm's Facebook post. They've got now. They've now got breakfast burritos starting at five forty-five a.m. All right. Well, they've got that as well as I believe their their smash burgers, their smashies. They've been doing them around lunchtime. They're now going to do on a couple days. They're going to do them around dinner time. What is it that could have made them so popular and expand so quickly? Munch, Within munch, the- chomp, chomp. <laughs> munch, munch, chomp, chomp. Thank Definitely you, pulling that Thank sound you. down. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Uh, no, it's awesome. That's what what Munch Madness is uh, is all about. And yeah, I think it's. Uh, it's a combination of a, a great business who does a good job making food with a little bit of extra attention, and you put those together, mm-hmm. and uh, you got something really cool on your hands. And now they're a part of uh, Keys to the City, so and they're uh, great cool. people, great too. people. Every uh, time we're in there, great we got a people. chance to go in there and get to know them a little bit, and uh, yeah, and uh, some good food there. So yeah, uh, keyword is local today. Well, I we got to start with a very important story today, broken last night on KLIN during sports nightly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. guys sit down for this if you haven't heard it yet but trev alberts announced that nebraska is going to put a stop to the balloon launching tradition after the first score of husker football games citing a helium shortage and environmental concerns there will be no balloon launches uh, after the first scores, uh, if and when they happen. Shameful. In, Recall Alberts. In the fall of <laughs> 2022. Is there a re? Is there a re- I don't believe there's a recall. Uh, I don't believe that's I'm a... Gonna, yeah, I'm, yeah, there is. It's called a bunch, bunch of high-dollar uh, yeah, contributors uh, <laughs> coming to Lincoln and having a chat. Uh, so, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the reaction to that today. Um, you know, I... I like I like the tradition. I 
can I, I'm not going to it's not going to seriously impact my enjoyment of Husker football Saturdays by not having it. So here's what we don't get with this, though. What's that? What we don't get is everyone watching when there's a field goal on and going, who's going to let the balloons right. go? Who thought that, or they get down at the one yard line? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or there's a review. Yeah, or they they yeah. score, it's reviewed, and then it comes right. back, and everyone's like, "Well, there went the balloons." Yeah. Or, and this one hasn't been a whole lot of fun the last couple seasons. All of a sudden, they don't score for a while, yeah. and everyone's just holding on to those yeah. balloons. Even in 2020, when fans weren't allowed in the stadium, yeah, there were balloons. And wasn't there a case where lightning hit just as the game got started? And That's true, too. Yep. By, by the way, was I remember a few years ago there was an effort to ban the balloons yeah. by a group. That's been a they, pretty consistent thing from the student but, government. As a matter of fact, they voted to this, end it, but they don't really have any pull. There was an outside group, yeah, though. Because yeah. you interviewed. Uh, I had them on my show. That's right. I can't uh, remember. And they had some billboards up. Yeah. And, I had them on, on my show and asked them questions about it and. That went over real well, but not like a nonetheless. Bloom. Um, now, now, okay. So, if if that is going to be what it is, do we have possible alternates, possible sort of modern options? They're, they're for look, doing this. They're, Can we turn the entire sky red? They're looking at alternatives. I say on touchdowns, you play ninety nine left balloons. It'd be all right. It's like an audio, audio yeah. version. And we're still gonna put it out into the air again. I think I think people will forget the balloon thing if you can somehow turn the entire sky red. Now, uh, you know, I know Doctor Dewey used to be on staff there. He probably has some secret technology that allows you to do that. What about uh, this? Well, Rusty, Rusty, Rusty Rusty helps him at football games. Yep. You get the greatest minds together, and I know those guys can turn the sky red. How's about this? On night games. I don't know what to do for day games. Figure it out. But on night games, because this is what we care about here. Every time there's a touchdown, as soon as that signal's given, do like it's between the third and fourth quarter. Kill the lights, fire everywhere. <laughs> what, what if it's like what if it's like thirty three to three? Don't and care. Nebraska's behind. Don't care. And as far as day, every touchdown. As far as day games, put a roof on it and do the same thing. Oh man, we've needed a roof on that place okay. for a while. That's a different discussion. Well, there'll be it is uh off season topic time here now that now that uh the vast majority of Husker athletics are done for the year and we start looking at won't be long till we have the tunnel walk discussion, right? Won't be long. Wait a minute. T- Trev, we had one day, one day past the majority of the spring seasons Jeez. and you hit us with the balloons. What about some sort of like confetti cannons? At the top? I mean, that's probably a lot of cleanup, too. (laughs) Confetti cannons from level seven. What about, see, the environmental thing. There's a lot of good ideas, but the environmental thing really, like, what about just pumping up, like, red-colored smoke, you know, like like the Vatican or something all through the air? Again, probably some pollution concerns, but be cool. You know what? I I think if Brendan Stye was here, he would say... Rather than taking the helium and how much it would cost for all of the balloons around the stadium, you just take that helium, you fill up Little Red, and let him float away. (laughs) 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 you imagine that? They score. Little Red goes over and takes a hit off the helium pump. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's a hookah? 
starts to blow. Everybody's like, bye. And then they do it every time, and he's not in the stadium for the rest of the game. Hey, we play float on. <laughs> oh, that's good. Somewhere <laughs> over the rainbow. That's good. Saw Gateway Mall got sold. You see that story? Yeah. 51.1 mil. Ooh. Who said malls are dead? I'm uh, watching on Amazon Prime this documentary on a mall that's still still operating in Alabama, I think. And it, <laughs> it just shows how... I mean, I think it's designed to just show you how depressing mall life is now after it was such a huge like at one point they're in this empty mall on a tuesday afternoon they're looking at old pictures and they pull up a picture from like 1982 and the parking lot is i mean it looks like there's tens of thousands of of people there. now gateway hasn't been i mean i'm not suggesting gateway's done a good job staying up with the the times Mm -hmm. and staying relevant and adding you know the things like like around one and and dicks and mm-hmm. other other things that are around there but yeah that whole that whole mall culture like Caleb do you even like so, do you remember when malls were at their peak oh not not maybe not their peak but still still a big deal yeah. especially cuz the the one that we would always go to in Grand Island it had two movie theaters at one time and one of them was much smaller than the other one but for some reason, this movie theater that was towards the middle of the mall always had the better movies. <laughs> and you would have lines that would stretch the mall to get into some of these movies. I, I remember very vividly being like 10 years old and, and being there, and the line was too long. And because we lived like an hour away, like just bawling because we were told we couldn't go to that movie because there's no way we were going to get in. So we had to go home. Um, but I remember going and just the mall always being packed yeah. whenever we were there on a weekend. And then those, and then those stores that you, the KB toy stores and the B Dalton booksellers, right. And the orange Julius and all of the these, and every toy yes. store was just two letters at the beginning yeah, and then was, toy stores KB. And then there was another one like that BK. was, uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, but anyway, uh, Matt Olberding had this story. It, it uh, bought by Washington Prime Group. So they also own the Empire in Sioux Falls and Southern Hills Mall in Sioux City, Iowa, which is incredible. Those are my first two dates with my wife <laughs> in those those two malls. Coming to you now, Sioux City, Sioux City at the Southern Hills Mall. Well, we actually went. We actually went to uh, to the Applebee's that is on the property, and then date number two. Was at the Empire in Sioux Falls, where we went to uh, TGI Fridays, and then went and saw the very depressing movie Simon Birch together. And the rest is history. But uh, anyway, not a whole lot more. Not a whole. They didn't comment to to Matt for the story. Um, but I mean, let's just. The only thing I ask is that let's not try and do the name change thing again. When Westgate bought it, that Australian company, uh, a few years back, they they tried to change it to Westgate. Uh, uh, Westfield Gateway, and uh, listen. When a name's been a name for that long, you just you can't you can't change it. Nobody's ever gonna nobody's ever gonna well, say it's it. Just right. like so, Brian West. How many people still refer to Brian West and Brian LGH or just LGH? LGH. Yeah. I know. I I feel bad. Uh, I I really have to think sometimes before I say the right thing. We go into the when Quest Center the anytime. The Quest Center. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pick your. Pick your thing that you still. Well, I I remember when my uh my my grandma and and grandpa used to come and visit us and and uh, when we we lived in South Carolina, I was very young when when they would do that. But 
they always called uh they always called Burger King, which I guess was relatively new then. They always called Burger King Burger Chef, which is another like older restaurant. <laughs> they just always said Burger Chef, like Grandma, it's Burger King, not Burger Chef. <laughs> <laughs> they, the the they, old they, names die hard. Grandma, they found some lineage. He's not just a chef. <laughs> right. Right. He's a royal. Burger. Please show some respect. Burger Chef, though, had some pretty good food. Did they? Yeah. What, where, was it here? Uh, I remember them from, boy, I think it was Wichita, Kansas. I thought it was so bizarre. Burger Chef. No, it's Burger King. Anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, well, oh, by the way, I read an article the other day. The Whopper is not as big as it used to be. Yeah. I. I you, saw that. You saw that too. Yeah, they they. Well, are, is this a joke or no? Uh, no, there was a lawsuit. We talked. Yeah, we talked. <laughs> so I just was. I didn't want to step on your punchline. I was very you, torn there. You looked at the clock and went, "We've got a couple minutes yeah. left." There's no way this can be a joke. Well, I just. Right? I, I knew we had talked about this. Like there was a lawsuit about how they had just bought. Burgers from the grocery store and use them to make the, the yeah. and then like didn't fully cook them because the patties looked larger then and uh, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Okay. I, all right. Wow. Yeah, that, sorry, I didn't quite know how to handle no. that situation. That's all right. Uh, any other uh, real re- real stories? I mean, I'm starting off with balloons and malls changing hands, and not necessarily the most hard hitting news in the world. Well, but. Uh, Chief uh, Teresa Ewens uh, gave an update on the uh, homicide last Thursday, the good. two shootings over the weekend. I mean, good, good that we have and, an update. Yeah, on it, we did. Say. And she was asked about how safe the city is, uh-huh. and she said she thinks it's still pretty safe. Yeah, I do. And, too. and yeah. uh, that these there's not really an ongoing threat that, to the public because there was interactions or some type of uh, uh, relationship between the people that were killed or right. shot and the the other the right it people. wasn't the, she's saying it was, wasn't somewhere something it, where someone was randomly targeted yeah. that said so. if you're firing into a crowd though you know yeah uh, anybody anybody could be a victim we also found uh, out that, that uh, the one victim from saturday morning shootings was actually a one of the bartenders i believe from gravity who was oh uh, really outside a young woman Wow. She's still in uh, critical with life-threatening oh, injuries. So. Okay, and and from what I understand, they still don't have anyone on no. on that one. Nope. My goodness! Wow. Again, there've got to be there to be so many witnesses, so much video of of that one. Given where it happened, there got to be tons of video of that thing. So you would think so. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um yeah, that's uh that's what we uh that's what we got here for your opening segment. We will uh we'll grab our break now. Um Mark, unless there's anything that you want to add. Well, uh, I just uh, you know, I'm just so proud to have Caleb there as a, a professional not as a professional, but as a collegiate athlete. Right. I saw some statistics the other day that said 9 out of 10 people are scared of hurdles and they never get over it. Really? They never get over it. <laughs> That's it, right? That's yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> 623. Why? Because last week he told a joke and then it took you five minutes to figure it out. They're getting more complex as we go. I threw that on the uh, best of LNK today, oh, by the way. Great, thanks. The Appreciate people it. needed to hear it again. <laughs> All right, it's 624. <laughs> we will take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 
Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 636 LNK Today with Jack and friends. Uh, man, Caleb and I have some good brainstorming sessions I think breaks. we spent more of that break out of the studio than we did in the talking studio. Talking to people, walking, which is why I don't have my sound pulled up for the sound off. But uh, Your sound's boosted, by the way, thank since you. we didn't have thank that conversation. You. Since we didn't have the real technical <laughs> behind-the-scenes conversations. Uh, Joe Jordan coming up at 710, talking Nebraska news and politics. With him a little bit later in the show, Jason Ball. And we are uh, going to have John Baylor joining us as well tomorrow. Just a couple of things to look forward to. Uh, forward to. Uh, tomorrow, Bill Steffen, John Baylor, or John Bishop. It's very confusing. They have similar names. Uh, watch Hapshard <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, Generation Collaboration Returns. Can the Boomers get a win? Can Gen X continue its torrid streak uh, right now? And then uh, Friday... Request on Friday. I'm telling you now, guys, last week was insane. <laughs> this week, I see the same thing happening. This week, we're doing your jam for the summer, your summer songs on request line Friday. School we just will play, be out. We're it's just going to be play 90. Will Smith's summertime on repeat. I, I, I may have to do. Th- oh, and you thought I was rapping last week. <laughs> You thought I I knocked it out with Vanilla Ice. You just wait if we if somebody plays Summertime, which I may have to. Uh, all right. If uh, somebody plays Summertime, I feel like yeah, we have the resources to do whatever we want. Yeah, that's true. I just I don't know if I'm going to pick it or not. We'll see. We will see. But I I like to. It, it's become a, a necessity that earlier and earlier in the week we've got to start telling you about Request Line Friday yeah. because <laughs> the early requests are at a premium. Well, that was the thing is there were people that. We're saying, oh, just trying to get this in early, and I'm like, you are the twentieth request. Yeah. Like, yeah. I realize you thought this was early. Yes, yeah, it's uh, whew. all right. Uh, let's get into our sound off. President Biden's Asia trip making some headlines because of what he said about what would happen were the Chinese to invade Taiwan, which has been a topic of conversation, especially since this Russia-Ukraine thing is happening. And, well, there was a little cleanup to do after a spill in aisle two. President Biden answered yes when asked if the U.S. could get involved militarily to defend Taiwan against the Chinese invasion. That's the commitment we made. The decades-old Taiwan Relations Act does not require U.S. military intervention to defend Taiwan, but rather ensures weapons and other resources for Taiwan to defend itself. China was quick to condemn President Biden's remarks. Under a one-China policy, the U.S. recognizes Beijing as the sole government in China and does not have a diplomatic presence in Taiwan. A White House official says the president's comment did not reflect the policy shift. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox Uh, News. Okay, well... (laughs) Yeah, um, got gotta gotta make sure you're on the exact page of what the policy is when you're when you're talking about that without a doubt. Um, and, and by the way, you know, I do, there's also a critique of him that he's not tough enough on China. Well, the, the, now the I mean, the true critique is that he misstated what the existing policy is. But I mean, uh, it, it, that is a tougher than the policy says 
to be on China if they would uh, if they would invade Taiwan. Um, but essentially, the policy is is similar to what's happening with with Ukraine. Taiwan's not in not in NATO. That's not a, a NATO country that you would uh, respond like you would if say Russia went into to Poland or something like that. And unfortunately, those are conversations that we have had uh, right now. Uh, it's another primary day. Who's got their Georgia peaches ready to watch what happens in that state? Oh, not only not only a former football star. He, who's been on this show, by the way. I had Herschel Walker on this show uh, years ago. I Honestly, I don't remember why whatsoever. I don't remember why, but I think we mainly talked about his, like, his diet. <laughs> like, the fact that he doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't eat anything but vegetables and raw meat or something like that. Huh. But, but uh, nonetheless, you got that one. And a gubernatorial race that has uh, split the... Uh, successful 2016 presidential ticket. Five states will hold primaries today with the race for Georgia governor taking center stage. The race pitting Governor Brian Kemp, who's endorsed by former VP Mike Pence, against Trump-backed David Perdue. President Trump eager to see Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger ousted for blocking efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Meanwhile, Stacey Abrams raising eyebrows when she appeared to disparage the state she hopes to lead as governor. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. And in other races around the country, in Texas, progressives are trying to oust Henry Cuellar, who's been vocal about the border crisis with the threat of Roe versus Wade being overturned. Um, the, the, the Pence thing is interesting. So Pence is back in camp and very vocal about it. He was there with him again. You, you get the sense that that Pence from a variety of things may be targeting the 2024 election. But I ask this as like a legitimate question I don't know the answer to, and I, my premonition about it could easily, easily be wrong. But who exactly is Mike Pence's base right now in 2022? Well, his base would have been Trump voters, but, but Trump, Trump is essentially... Taking there's either, but there's either 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 Trump is going to be there or or probably DeSantis, who is, you know, younger Trump, I guess, mm-hmm. um, or who's going to try and fill that role in the race. Like, I just Pence doesn't I don't, really it's have not a like, base. It's not like Pence is winning over more uh, more centrist Republicans necessarily. I mean, there may be one, but the combination of being affiliated with the Trump thing and then now not affiliated with it with their obviously sort of right you know the the things that happened especially surrounding January 6 with them who's left to support him as a candidate I'd- well here's here's the thing with Pence is he's going to find or there there would be a lot of folks who would be his base if not for January 6th and the fallout right and and, and if not for there being a a Trumpier option, right? Essentially, right. Pence would be the guy that folks would be looking to, and probably folks would agree with Pence on ninety nine percent of issues. That's not that doesn't matter as much anymore. But what matters is where you're aligned, right? Right, and I mean, this could create quite a odd situation we typically don't see in politics, which could be a president and a vice, a former president, a former vice president. Uh, going up against each other in an election where they're probably, I mean, this thing will get nasty. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
it, it will eventually get nasty. And these these two men who worked together for all these years. I wonder what a nasty picked. election would look like. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I'm going to sneeze. Okay, that's fine. You go ahead and, and do that. And I was wondering what you've been doing over there, just like yeah. fiddling with your nose, fiddling with your headset. I'm good now. Okay. I had to get that out of my system. That's great. Uh, all right, what else do we have going on here? Uh, oh, this is interesting. They have a APB out for a lost Russian yacht. Now, you know they've been reseizing some of these yachts that are at different ports around the world, um, but one of them they can't find. The thing is, I feel like it would be pretty conspicuous if you saw it uh, really anywhere. This personal Russian wealthy guy is a target <laughs> of his mega yacht being seized, as has happened to other oligarchs. But so far, it has not been seized because no one seems to know where it is. This is the glamorous 394-foot-long yacht, valued at $300 million. It is longer than a football field and designed by the famous Philip Stark. It is owned by a very wealthy Russian billionaire named Andrei Melnichenko. One of his super yachts has already been seized by Italy, as has been the case with other Russian oligarchs. The last time this one, named Motor Yacht A, was seen was in March in the Indian Ocean near the Maldives, where it is now everybody's question. A mystery on the seas. I want to know where Motor Yacht B is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, there, there are all these, um, there, there are all these, they're more like this, actually. Um, that where they're they're trying to figure like th- this story here. This is in Fortune. Before the three hundred twenty-five million dollars Amadea mega yacht was thrust into a legal tussle in the South Pacific, the luxury vessel that U.S. government claims belongs to billionaire Suleiman Karimov embarked on an eighteen-day journey on its way from the Caribbean to Fiji, likely running up a fuel bill north of five hundred thousand dollars. See gas price. Hey, <laughs> whose fault is that? <laughs> But there, there were, uh, like that one they thought was going to a Russian port, but the authorities got it in Fiji uh, at the request of U.S. officials at that point. So um, you, you've, got all, you've got these luxury yachts, and this is probably what's happening with this one that's missing, is they're, they're racing across the, the ocean, essentially, to find a locale where they're not going to have sanctions imposed against them. But, you know, at, at, at very least, can we get... Uh, can we get a Robin Leach type type tour of these things after they they capture them, put it on TV? I mean, I want to know what yacht life is like. Really expensive yacht. You're going life to is have like. to explain a, a Robin Leach type like what, uh, what lifestyles of the rich and famous. Okay, I was thinking cribs. No, Rob. Well, you could do cribs. Cribs would be okay too. But okay. with cribs, you actually. It's your own place, right? That you no, have. I, we're, I, not, we're not I, bringing out, you know, Vladimir to. I want them in shackles, <laughs> showing uh, me their famous uh, yacht. Disney bedroom. <laughs> come on, give us a little bit more. Come on, give us a little more panache with this thing. Uh, the uh, vodka, no? The, the bar. We have a TV in the bathroom, as you see. <laughs> We're going to walk away from this while we can. <laughs> That was pretty good, wasn't it? That was all right. It was, it was fair for me. It was fair. Yeah, and I'm fa- I'm I'm fascinated with luxury yacht life. When we were in Galveston during spring break, the uh, owner of the Houston Rockets had his yacht parked uh, parked parked in there. Uh, sorry, had his had his yacht parked in the in the bay there in, in Galveston Bay, mm-hmm. and 
it I have some pictures with it. It is impre- got a big Houston Rockets logo on it, the worst team in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> that was I mean it was it was something and I think it was pretty small compared to this one that they're talking about right now. Uh, all right, what else do we have? Uh, hey, good news. I mean, I think good news, right? Remember all those stories about how in 2020 births were down and fewer people were having babies, people were, were kind of putting it off during the pandemic. Well, we're getting back at it, so to speak. The small 1% rise was a bit of a rebound from 2020, which saw the largest one-year drop in U.S. births in nearly 50 years. But a government report says it was still 86,000 fewer than in 2019. Officials from the CDC think last year's uptick reflects births from pregnancies that had been put off during the early uncertain days of the pandemic. The report based on a review of nearly all birth certificates issued last year. Chris DeMeo, Fox News. I remember thinking during the pandemic when it was the beginning of the pandemic when we were in like April and May 2020 and I was like, oh man, at the at, in about December of 2020, in about January of 2020, there's going to be a big baby boom. I just, I, I just thought boredom and <laughs> all of those things factoring in might create that, and it, it didn't really. Being home all the time, but it turns out that that didn't quite happen, at least on a wide scale. It took uh, it took a year after after that to what, what we're still saying lower, is still lower, but the boredom didn't kick in as fast as predicted. I guess that's what it was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, per, per, or the or the boredom took on other forms. Uh, okay, let's. Oh, hey, we got Memorial Day coming up. Uh, Memorial weekend, a lot of people traveling. Do you guys hear that gas prices are up? Yeah, they've been going up. Uh, there's not a lot of people talking about this. They've been going up, breaking uh, really for several several weeks. And I, I don't know if you're checking out what you're paying, but they're it's kind of high right now. Memorial Day, it'll probably go higher. Remember May 10th? That was the last day we didn't set a new record high national average gas price. It is $4.59 today. In California, it's six oh seven. Despite that, the forecast for Memorial Day weekend travel is for 38 million people to take to the roads. That's 8% more than last year, according to the travel website Arrivalist. Why? Apparently, although people are cutting back on short trips, more people are opting to drive instead of fly because of high airfares. The AAA's Robert Sinclair says it's probably going to get worse. The president can try to do things, but I think there's just, he's very limited in what he can do. In Philadelphia, I'm Jeff Flock, Fox News. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I was talking about our trip we wanted spring break. We wanted to, we wanted to fly. We looked at flying, but that was, I mean, that was completely cost prohibitive. Um, and so, yeah, you, you paid a lot for gas. Now it wasn't as much then it was more like 380 than 420, but nonetheless, it still was, still was the better option. And I do think there are people that have been putting off some trips for, for so long. They're like, they're like, okay, well, we're doing it. You know, we're, we're, we're doing it no matter what here at this point. And that probably will account for part of the reason you still have such high, high travel numbers here coming up this weekend. Okay. So this is, this is weird. You uh, you remember that story about the uh, the fugitive that escaped with the woman, and there was this nationwide manhunt on uh, oh, for them yeah, couple, like I remember a, that. a week or so ago, and they ended up in this hotel in Indiana. Um, the woman ended up taking her own life, but this hotel that they ended up in Indiana has a weird uh, level of interest in them right now. 
you have got a massive waiting list for people who want to stay in the hotel room that they were bunkered down in. Prospective guests adding their names to the wait list, hoping to rent the Motel 41 room where the Whites had stayed for a portion of their time on the run after she helped them break out from Lauderdale County Detention Center in Florence, Alabama. A motel clerk telling reporters the wait list is now up to at least 70 names, and that's driven the price of the room up. Fugitive Casey White and jail guard Vicki White were holed up in the motel for days before he was recaptured, and she committed suicide as cops moved in as they tried to escape in a car. Ted Lindner, Fox News. Really? People are weird, man. <laughs> because even even if you accept that that is... Uh... You know, something that would be fascinating or, or interesting or uh, partaking in a piece of recent history. I feel like whatever excitement or benefit there is of that wears off in about five minutes. Right. You, you set your come in the door. You, know, you see if your room key works. You, you put your stuff on the bed. You're like, oh, man, this is this is where it happened. Hey, hey, let's pretend we're hiding out in here. Oh, that's, that's fun. Is there any place to eat around here? <laughs> what? Did we really we really wait a month to go here to this hotel room in Indiana? I feel like it'd be it's not haunted or anything. It's just it's just a crappy hotel room. Like just drive by it. What? <laughs> I don't know. Like even if that, it's so weird. People are weird. I told you, people want to travel. They want things to to be able to do. Hey, uh, here's here's something good to remember. Now, it, it may have differing returns depending on your gender, uh, but evidently there is a stress reducer that most all of us have available to us. It's not illegal. Okay, it's not on any uh, FDA narcotics list or anything like that. It's just a natural one that maybe we've been forgetting about. A hug can make a big difference for women who are stressed, but the effect apparently isn't as powerful for men. That's the suggestion of a new study published in the journal Plus One. Researchers looked at how 76 people responded to stress after a hug from a romantic partner. Women showed a decrease in the production of the stress hormone cortisol. Researchers say it's hard to pinpoint why the same response wasn't observed in men, pointing to a possible societal perception of hugs as unusual or awkward or scientists say there could be a difference in touch receptors in men versus women either way the study says the difference in results was unexpected gian Jalosi, fox news all right why don't you guys why don't you guys try this here in the next few days you get home maybe you get home from work and it's been a long day and there's just stuff going on at home just hug it out for a while and see how that goes hug it out i've got a toddler we love hugs okay see does that de-stress you? It does. De-stress you? Yes. Right. It, it it does right up until she starts hitting me in the chest and saying, no. <laughs> I'm like, well, I wanted more of this hug. You go were clearly away. over it. Go, go his, away. His daughter, his daughter thinks go the song away. Let It Go is called Go Away, which is hilarious. <laughs> Can I do one more or do I need to yeah, do it? Go ahead. Well, it's uh, your good, show. I asked. No, it's, your, it's kind of yours. Um, <laughs> I got a Top Gun one. We got a Top Gun yes, one. Yes. yes. Uh, so Val Kilmer has a cameo 
Unto- I don't think that's a spoiler. Val Kilmer has a cameo. He's been in dealing with health issues, pretty significant yeah. health issues, but he does have a, a cameo, and he's he's uh, pretty delighted about the reaction so far to the movie. Val Kilmer is opening up about the positive response Top Gun Maverick is receiving. The actor taking to Instagram writing, I'm overwhelmed to see the love and appreciation for Top Gun. I'm feeling very blessed. Along with a photo of a Variety article about how the sequel recently received a five-minute-long standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. 36 Six years since the original, Kilmer makes a brief cameo in Maverick, reprising his role as Iceman. Kilmer, who is a throat cancer survivor, reportedly had his sound recreated in Maverick with some movie magic, involving sophisticated technology and archival footage. Kilmer, who had to undergo a tracheotomy, largely lost the ability to vocalize and uses mechanical assistance to speak. Lauren Faulkner, Fox News. So it got a five-minute standing ovation in Cannes? Oh. I mean, they're kind of snobby, right? This is a popcorn movie, and it's getting a five-minute standing ovation. They are not doing a good job making me less excited or less interested in seeing this movie, Caleb. Yeah. I am. Uh, I am. I might. I, I might see it this weekend. It'll be a long time since I've gone to an opening weekend for a movie, but it'll be good this, for you. This do might it. be the one that I do it. Do it. All right, six fifty-seven. Let's take a break. Sell NK today with Jack Ooh. and Friends on KLIN. It's Brittany Foster. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 659, May 24, 2022. Uh, stick around. We've got to check the news with Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom right after Fox. And we are back after that. We'll talk to Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska. It's a fascinating discussion with him about what, about what is making news in Nebraska news and politics this week. Count down your morning drive. 35 minutes from right now. It's the five things you're talking about. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Jason Ball from Lincoln Chamber. John Baylor from John Baylor. And uh, yeah, so we got a busy rest of the show today. 54 degrees in the capital city right now under cloudy skies. It is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. All right. Welcome back at 710 to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. May 24th, 2022, 54 degrees in the capital city. Uh, it's time to talk to Joe Jordan. Uh, you can see him on News Channel Nebraska on your television. Uh, read him on the internet as well. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. How are you? I'm good. So I was, um, it, it, I, I, maybe I'm just having withdrawal from election talk in Nebraska, uh, but but I was, and, and I think I read a piece, and I, I would cite it if I could remember where it was, um, but it talked a little bit about uh, about Jim Pillen kind of going forward, Jim Pillen post-primary. And I, I, I wonder, I'm just opening one, I'm just curious what you think about this, but I wonder how different that campaign is going to feel in a general than it did in, in the primary. And what I mean by that is... You know the the obviously the we all know everything that went on in the primary and it was um a lot a, a lot not all but it was a lot about at least if you went by the commercials a lot about kind of national issues real real hot button issues nationally I, I there's not as much of a need to do that when you're in a Republican primary and I don't necessarily get the sense from the times I have heard Jim Pillen speak that those are that 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 those are necessarily in his wheelhouse. Maybe I'm I'm wrong about that, but I, I'm curious. How do you do you think we'll kind of see a transition in terms of if at all in the in the tone in the Pillen campaign going forward? I'm not sure what's next, and the reason I'm not sure what's next is 
I can't get anybody in the Pillen campaign to talk to me. Really? Yeah, I've asked. I want. I want to interview Mr. Pillen now that he is now that he's the nominee, and I can't even get somebody to say, "Well, think about it." I've got no response from the campaign uh, at all. And uh, he, I know, he, I think he did an interview with the World Herald, but it, it didn't look up to me uh, very in depth. Uh, there were lots of questions I thought that were left over from the from the primary, largely because the campaign basically turned into a a mudslinging fight for the past, you know, couple of months where, you know, some specifics on, on, on tax plans going forward. I think people would like to know more specifics about uh, his, his, his view on how he's, how he wants to battle with the property tax situation in the state. I'm not sure we, we, un, we understand that. Uh, you know, to me, the real marker that was thrown down was when he said he wasn't going to do debates in the primary. Is he, are there going to be debates in the general election? Is it just going to be, you know, Carol Blood in an empty podium? I don't know. Well, if, um, if you wouldn't do them in the Republican primary, I really can't figure out why you would do them in the exactly. <laughs> in the general. I mean, there's le- I think there's less of an incentive to do it, especially after it worked. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I did a couple of stories about this, and in particular, one where uh, former Governor Heineman, he thought, uh, oh, it was probably mid-March. He thought Jim Pillen made a huge mistake not being in any of the debates. Well, he won. I, I did too, and I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he won. And so if he if, if if he won and he didn't debate, why would he want to debate now yeah. when when we we presume um, it's it's a huge uphill fight for for Carol Blood? Uh, why go into a forum where you might make a mistake? Uh, the, 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 May or may not be, you know, uh, really a damaging blow of some type. So I don't know. I don't, you know, to answer your initial question, I don't know what to expect because I can't get anybody to talk about uh, Mr. Pillen's campaign from his from his side. Well, you know, and it, it it's a, it's interesting too because after we finished our election coverage, I uh, I went home late that Tuesday night and I I flipped on t- the TV and I saw. Um, Pillen do his speech from his party, essentially uh, accepting the nomination for his supporters. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. There's been just these these whispers or, or speculations about, you know, why his campaign decided not to have him the focus on the small gatherings on the face to face thing. You know, not necessarily the, the debates, not necessarily the big the big speeches, the big public appearances, you know, but. I thought it was interesting. I had that so much in my head that I, I kind of was like, "Well, he did, he did fine with that. Like he was, he was, he seemed, he seemed likable enough. Um, that seemed like he had had good things to say at that point. And so I don't know what I was expecting exactly, but um, yeah, that'll that, that's that's a mo- even a more fascinating question that I realized after you told me that part of it that that it's still kind of something where because I figured maybe the floodgates would open up a little bit after that. You just there's just Seems like there's not as much to lose uh, anymore, especially at this point, um, six months before the election. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I recall, and I could be a little off on this, when, when, when Ben Sass ran the first time against Dave Domina, mm. uh, I don't think they, you know, Sass got any debates in that, uh, after he won his primary, he got any debates with Domina out of the way. I don't think they had a debate after... Oh, it might have been August. Okay. 
and uh, you know, I think I think the philosophy there was again, and it was you know, down when it was had an uphill fight. But I think the philosophy was, you know, we'll get these things out of the way early, so we can say we debated, and then you know, we'll just go from there and, and ride it out between September, October, and November, which is when which is when the the public actually starts paying attention. You know, as to you know, supposedly you know Labor Day and going forward. But if the candidates, you know, if they're not going to, if they're not going to debate and they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, do much in terms of you know, talking to the news media, I don't, I'm not sure what to expect going forward. Yeah, like this, after having gone through this primary, this may be an oddly quiet uh, election cycle for the general in comparison to what we saw the last few months. To be honest, if that continues. Um, okay, so I want to run this by you too. I saw uh, Nebraska Examiner had a, a story today that uh governor ricketts said yesterday that he uh he can still he's still good with donald trump essentially is just disagree on candidates um including in georgia where ricketts was over the weekend um and then trump went and called him a a rhino um which is probably the most ill-fitting description i've ever heard from pete ricketts but nonetheless (laughs) um for for backing kemp but he he seems to say that everything's still okay and and I kind of believe him just based on what transpired and what didn't transpire over the last several weeks. It's, I, I mean, I don't think either of us know, Joe, the, the inside workings of that relationship, but uh, it'd, be, it'd be fascinating to know exactly what is going on there. Well, if you listen to any of the podcasts uh, that, that uh, Kellyanne Conway was involved in uh, prior to the election, um, there were some pretty rough things said about Governor Ricketts uh, by the Trump people, and um, uh, Steve Bannon was just—you know—he was—and they're online. You can go listen to him. He, Bannon's got a podcast out there, and he took—he takes a lot of swings at Ricketts and the Ricketts family. Um, you know, so I mean, Governor Ricketts may think everything is fine with Ms., with former President Trump. I'm not sure it goes the other way. And maybe huh. it does, but uh, you know, um, as you said, Ricketts was called a rhino by the by former President Trump, um, which I'm not sure anybody really believes. But the fact that the, the, the <laughs> no. Trump would say it makes you wonder. You know, how, is he is he just trying to find some kind of an insult to th- throw that way? Um, you know, the, obviously, you know, the, 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 what, what the Ricketts family and what Pete Ricketts has going is millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and that speaks loudly uh, in, in politics. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, um, where, where he wants to put his money going forward, is, you know, may determine what his what his plans are going forward. Um, as we as we talked last week, you know, he told me he's not running for the Senate against Deb Fisher. Right, right. So he, he's taking that off the table. But he still wants to be involved in politics or policy. So, you know, if it's not a run for the White House, I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, something under DeSantis, maybe. I don't know. I, it'll be it'll be interesting to to see where that goes. Obviously, and th- I mean, and then speaking of the podcast wars, and then Ricketts has uh, is uh, Mike Pompeo, I think, on on his podcast. <laughs> yeah, he did. But everybody, everybody can do broadcasting, Joe. Anybody who wants a podcast these days, they can get one and. There's an uh, enormous number of podcasts out there. Oh it's like in, there in the billions or something. Speaking of which, I have a new podcast, the Jack Mitchell <laughs> Podcast. You can get it on KLIN.com or anywhere that you like to get your podcasts, which is actually true. <laughs> um, 
So uh, you had an interesting story uh, that you know it's a it's a it's a little bit of a, a concerning one about some of the situation with the availability of of child care. Um, I mean, described as a as a crisis um, in in your story, and it talked about the average hourly wage for for daycare workers in Nebraska. This is a report that came out from the Buffett Early Childhood Institute. What what exactly did you find out when you looked into this a little bit clo- more closely? Well, the bottom line is, uh, according to the, uh, to the to the Buffett Institute, that the daycare workers are a leaving daycares left and right. B, they're hard to find people to come in and replace them. And and the largest problem there is they're saying that the average hourly wage for daycare workers is twelve dollars and thirty one cents. And 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 as, as I was as I was writing the story and taking a look at, it, I was driving. I was driving from one place to another, and I went past a Runza in West Omaha, and they had a sign on the door for $14 an hour. Hmm. So you can work at Runza for $14 an hour, or you can go to a daycare center and change dirty diapers all day for $12.31. I don't, I don't, I mean, there's a problem there. Yeah. It, and it, it, geez, it, it just, it seems like all of these jobs that we need so badly right now, uh, you, you're having a hard people, hard time getting people to do them because, it, you know, in some ways, you can talk about teachers the same way, right? Um, it's probably got something to do with the salary. It's probably got something to do with the, the availability of something that is comparatively better. Um, but nonetheless, it seems like this is cropping up a whole lot more than it, it, it did previously to, to the pandemic and, and in years. Um, well, and, and the Buffett report also said, along with the, the need for higher wages and benefits, that uh, the workers of, in the daycare centers are, are, had told them in the study that they also need increased access to health care coverage and paid sick leave, which, again, which if, you, if you're looking at some of the fast food places around the state, they're in their promotions. They're talking about you know some kind of you know little healthcare here and there, mm-hmm. some sick leave, some more time off, maybe another week or some vacation, tuition reimbursement sometimes. Yeah, right. That kind so, of thing. but so the uh, but you know but the daycare problem you know it 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 has a lot of tentacles to it because if you're a if you're a family that needs daycare and you can't find it then. How are you getting to, you know, what is your right. job situation? So right. It, it, it's got a, it, there's a huge ripple effect. Well, I mean, it, it, but it is with all of these jobs that we talk about, whether right. it's, whether it's teachers, whether it's corrections workers, whether it's police officers, that's another one as well. Um, I mean, at some point you've got to, you've got to get, I mean, from a, even from a governmental, some of these are state jobs, some of them are not, but mm-hmm. you've got to get really serious about, making these jobs more attractive because you can't not have people doing them, whether any of the ones that I mentioned, essentially. And, and, and you know, I, I haven't seen a great trend here in this in Nebraska, but there is some discussions that I've seen around the country where, where unions are becoming more, I don't want to say popular again, but there is some movement in certain places where unions haven't existed. They've gone, you know, by the wayside that might be, might be coming back up as, as workers try to figure out um, get it they think they think they've got more strength now and if they have strength in numbers that's where the unions would come into play again 
Yeah, I, I'm. Just, I mean, at some point as a society, we've got to we've got to decide. Okay, we need these people doing these jobs that we are not finding people to do, uh, and so we've got to, you know, we've we've got to somehow affect that and and impact how that happens. Because yeah, the I mean, just the. Uh, the, the 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 competition of it all is is going to drive people away when they've got better options that pay more that might be better jobs and it's such a competitive job market now for employers to try and lure people their way that things can get left in the in the dust and it's sometimes it's the jobs that we need the very most so um yeah it, it it's an, it, and the it feels like the corrections is a kind of a mirror of that whole thing and that was going on even before the pandemic to some degree so yeah and i think the administration Rick's administration is of the belief that they've crossed that threshold, and it's part of the corrections yeah. problem. But you know. yeah, and they and and they may have. I saw actually some positive headlines about uh, corrections here over the over the last couple of weeks. So that was a good thing to see. Uh, all right, Joe, always appreciate the conversation. We will uh, we'll check back in next week. Uh, it'll be our our first show of the week next week. So have a good long weekend, and we'll check back in with you Tuesday. All right. Take care, Jack. Be all good. Right, Joe Jordan. News Channel, Nebraska. 725, you listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. All right, let's get it started today with number five. Lincoln Police Chief Teresa Ewens uh, addressed the activities of the weekend, a homicide last Thursday in Lincoln, and then two multiple shootings, uh, one Saturday morning, one Sunday morning. Uh, she addressed the uh, media yesterday and said Lincoln residents don't have to worry about any ongoing threats. Uh, specifically on Saturday shootings downtown, she said, quote, I feel very confident that our community is safe and our officers are out there each night doing their job. They were right there when it happened. I have great confidence in our people, end quote. Now, they have not made any arrests in either of the shootings, according to uh, Ewens. Uh, they're asking anyone who may have video or information to call them at the non-emergency number 402-441-6000 or Crime Stoppers 402-475-3600. Of course, Crime Stoppers is anonymous. Yeah, and I, I can't imagine that, that O Street one... I know it was late, late at night, but I can't imagine there isn't a lot of video that exists, whether whether from cell phones or whether it be from security cameras in obviously a a very busy intersection, traffic cam, security cameras, everything that would be out there to have captured at least some level of evidence that you can use in figuring this thing out. But Well, and and earlier that night, uh, before the bar closed, there was an altercation inside the bar, Mm -hmm. and Lincoln police were called there, and they uh, separated those groups. Okay, well, again, there should be be some level of uh, information about who was behind this or who may have been behind it. And, And I think there's a, I mean, I think there's a place you can go to talk about this where you can say it's absolutely disturbing that you had you had so much violent crime over a, a short period of time in Lincoln and it's upsetting it's it's concerning it's an issue but I I don't think and, and this is what the police chief said but I don't I also don't like me personally I'm not I'm not worried about getting shot in Lincoln no I mean I'm this is I mean there's a, this- some level of understanding the situations and risk assessment and those those sorts of things and so I I mean, there can there can be an issue, a, a problem that needs corrected and addressed without, 
you know, saying the sky is falling. Right. You know, sometimes. And, and as she said, these uh, events are not related. They're yeah. they're separate, standalone, and are just happen to happen in a cluster in the yeah. same short period of time. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, I hope they uh, we have news here soon of of arrests in connection with what aspect, what happened uh, with with these, and people are brought to justice for them. Number four. Husker football fans may be able to get into Memorial Stadium a little cheaper than typical single-game tickets under a new deal. Uh, Husker Athletics announced the three-game mini-plan, offering fans tickets to one home game each month for a total of $180. The only game not part of the plan is September 17th against Oklahoma. In uh, September, you can choose from North Dakota, Georgia Southern. Uh, in October, Indiana or Illinois. And in October, Minnesota or Wisconsin, uh, or Illinois in October, Minnesota or Wisconsin mm-hmm. in November. Yeah. Uh, Many tickets are seated north-south end zones. They go on sale tomorrow, 10 a.m. Huskers.com. step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they got a lot of feedback on that survey that tickets are too expensive. Season tickets are, are, are too expensive. Prices a whole lot of people out. This isn't giving a huge discount on the. I mean, you could ten bucks a game. I mean, let let's be on, let's be really honest about it. If you want to go to, I mean, you could put this together yourself and probably yeah go for similar prices. So, but it is a step in the. I mean, it, it is changing a little bit of the model, but I think there's there's still a ways to go for that. And frankly, the bottom line is going to be. I mean, let's rubber's going to meet the road. In terms of exactly how you could, low you can go on prices per per ticket, right? And like, you're going to have to do that. You are, I mean, at some point you are going to have to do that. It, I, I, I can't remember all the looking at the answers to the the survey questions when they we put those out, but I've got to think that when when people don't go to games, that price of it has tons to do with it. It does for me. I believe I mean, it, it's, it's got to have. The most impact, as yeah. opposed to any other decision making you, you'd have along the way. Yeah, and if you're worried about the sellout streak, well, <laughs> beyond winning, that would be the easiest way to really mm-hmm. solidify it. Is and I'm not talking ten dollars off for a multi game pack. Okay, right. I'm talking about tickets available for some, some tickets somehow available for twenty bucks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's the truth of the whole thing. Now the other big news yesterday. Well, first, uh, oh, what would ahead. what would be the three games you'd go if you were to do this? Uh, give me, uh, let's see, give me North Dakota, give me, eh, give me Illinois, and give me Wisconsin. Hey, that's the three I would have picked. Yep. Yeah, I, again, good option. Step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I I would say that. Now the other big news, the uh, maybe more controversial news, had to do with. Trev Albert's talking about the end of the balloon releases. Man, social media is getting weird. People are upset. Getting weird? Well, <laughs> getting weird with this topic. Weirder. Um, so, there are folks, and for anyone who didn't hear, there's not going to be the red balloon releases this year. They're not going to hand those out. Trev Albert's on Sports Nightly, as heard here on KLIN yesterday, said that there is a, uh, well, there's supply chain issues. One of those being helium, and it stretches back to, in part, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So, <laughs> really? So, well, uh, Russia is one of the the largest suppliers of helium in the world. Really? So that's where some of the impact comes in. You can see that 
it would have an impact. Supply chain issues have been impacted all over the place. We're seeing it with uh, with just the cost of food, the cost of fuel, um, housing market, what have you. Anyone trying to uh, do an addition to a house. You were having issues just last summer trying to build a deck. Imagine trying to do that this summer. There are a lot of folks on social media that believe Trev Alberts is cowing over to the leftist woke mob. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm not surprised people think that. Uh, here's, here's, okay, a couple things I'll say. I like the balloon release. It is a tradition. And I, I enjoy it. I think it's, it's fun cool. To see. It's fun to see. Uh, if I go to a game, it's going to impact my enjoyment. Not having it is going to impact my enjoyment. Very in a very minuscule way, to be honest. What are we so, handing out? Are we get we giving out red towels? I, I'm thinking. Hold on. I think it's still. We still need to go. It still needs to be something in the air. I'm thinking drone show. Drones. Okay. Drones. Let's get a drone. Let's get one of the. I'm sure they've got some cool uh, work going on in some of the university departments. Drone light show or something. I don't know. Something in the air. Let out. Big red smoke. How about red smoke, like smoke bombs pouring from every corner of the of the stadium? That'd be sweet. You know, like the the like, Vatican situation. That'd be cool. How about um, formation drones? Yeah, formation. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant. You know, like uh, the Air Force Thunderbirds with smoke. Right. They could be yes. red, red and white and blue, or just touchdown Nebraska. Or as we said in the first segment, we just overfill low red and let them float away. Just one disgusting. Wait, maybe we do up. it the other direction, though. Maybe we instead, so, we do so many years from the ground to the sky, we do from the sky to the ground, and uh, you drop li- someone out of a plane, every- red, somebody parachutes in <laughs> with the first score flag or something, or it's a or it's a dressed up like a red balloon. How about we sacrifice one of the visiting team's broadcast uh, partners and just throw them out of the <laughs> broadcast center? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it'd be easier than throwing them into a volcano like they used to do in parts of the world. I guess that part of it Don't is... Sacri- the murder, the murderous opinions of Mark hey, Vale do not directly two, reflect that of the station or the show. Two things, two, <laughs> things two, two balloon stories now that it looks like they're going away. Number one, my son's first game went to the South Dakota State game in 2010, 11, whatever that game. It was like 17-3. to 3. It was not a great game, but got my son a balloon. His first game he ever went to. He was like four or five years old at the time. Uh, no, he'd have been like seven, eight years old at the time. I'm sorry. But, um, man, that balloon, sitting with him in that balloon, and Nebraska didn't score for a while in that game, that was a pain. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the people who are behind us. I'm sure it did not improve their appreciate the game. But then another story. It's kind of a fun one. Uh, my parents had season tickets when we first moved here. My uh, my um, my dad was taking some classes here, and so he had season tickets. And one of the first games we went to, they went to when they got season tickets, was in 1986. Nebraska played Florida State. It was the first game under lights in Memorial Stadium, if I recall correctly, at night and. Uh, I stayed at my grandma and grandpa's house at the time. They lived in Holland, Nebraska. And we woke up the next Sunday afterwards. We stayed overnight there. And they walked to church. So we were walk- got all dressed up. We walked to, to the, the Reformed Church in Holland, Nebraska. And we went down the, the uh, driveway of their house. And there was a, there was a red balloon <laughs> that was sitting there in their driveway. I 
I picked it up, had a big white N on it, and it said Tassels on the bottom, which was the organization at the time who gave those out. So <laughs> I actually got the balloon from that game, and then I saved it. I've got it somewhere in my basement right do you, now. Do you have that on your resume? You are a, an expert uh, professional balloon finder? Uh, no, I, I've not. Uh, I just haven't found that skill is in that much demand right now. But we'll see. Job market's changing. Number two. Primary day in several states, 2022 midterms in Georgia. Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffspenberger uh, try to fight back challengers endorsed by former President Trump. Uh, Trump recruited former U.S. Senator David Perdue to take on Kemp. Uh, it was all due to, uh, you know, the 2020 election and Kemp uh, didn't do what the president wanted. Other key races, uh, U.S. Senate football legend Herschel Walker. And a controversial U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. So we'll have those results. Oh, that's right. She's up. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, because she's in the House. So all of those are, uh, are up. Ricketts was there last weekend campaigning for Kemp in Georgia. By the way, I, I always kind of wonder this. How much sway do governors of other states really have in a gubernatorial election? For You know, like Her- Herbster had those pictures up with like Christy Noem, and at least that's a bordering state. But. <laughs> But is Georgia like, oh, oh, Nebraska's governor endorses him? Well, that's right for me, then. <laughs> I, I am sure it's probably got, there's probably financial things going along with it. There are probably a lot of other It's fundraising, it, let's face it. But yeah, it's, it's fundraising, and, and that's successful. But yeah, I don't know. This thing, uh, and then Trump went after Pence again. Well, Pence was uh, campaigning for Kemp. Yeah, for Kemp. And Trump went after Pence again, and... And I don't know if Pence is setting up for 2024, Mark, but I asked this uh, earlier in the show. I can't quite understand who, uh, how Pence's could build a, an extensive base of voters if he were going to try and make a run at the presidency. Like, what's that demographic exactly? Boy, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's... I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's pretty tough. Although, it's not it's not really going to be anti-Trumpers, anti-Trump Republicans, because he was affiliated with him. It's definitely not pro-Trump Republicans, because they're going to have Trump or someone like Trump as an alternative. It's not really centrist Republicans, because that's not who Pence is either. Yeah, he's more like, of a centrist than Trump was. Well, I don't know if I would even agree with that. I I, no, actually, I don't think I think he's more conservative than Trump is. More cons- well, I think he's more conservative politically than than Trump is. I. The words conservative and liberal just don't don't mean anything anymore in the world of political science. But but my larger question stands, Mark. Like, does that base exist? Is that feasible at all for him to be a serious contender? I don't see it. I don't see it either. I do see him though as kind of a almost a power broker, kind of as something that who I can, can bring see. the party uh, to a point of wait, uh, wait. Pence Ricketts, twenty twenty four. Two governors. Pence, Ricketts, 2024? Could be. Kemp could be a possibility. DeSantis. DeSantis. Ricketts. Let's just have a tournament of governors and former governors and select the nominee out of that. I still think Mike Pompeo is is in that mix somewhere. He did Ricketts' podcast. Yep. We'll see. Speculation is going to be interesting. But yeah, Georgia, um, I think Kemp is looking like the, the favorite. Uh, oh, oh yeah, he's polling way he's over Purdue. Way, so, yeah, despite whatever whatever happened in 2020, he's still got his supporters in Georgia.
Oh, absolutely. Uh, It's double digits. I think it's about 20% lead. Herschel Walker. Hey, say what you want about that guy. Dude's in good shape for his age. Holy cow. Dang. Want what some of he's having, which is probably no junk food ever. So I don't. Number two. Average price of gas at four fifty six a gallon, and Ooh. President Biden said the country is going through quote an incredible transition away from fossil fuels via the high gas prices oh. being experienced oh, worldwide. It's not the time for that. Uh, so that's, it so- that's it, not the. T- it sounds like it's being done on purpose. That's what it sounds like. I, I mean, God, I just that is not the. And I do not disagree that we very much would be well served to diversify significantly our fuel sources, but the the this is not the time to say, hey, it's just not going to play well. I guess that's yeah. all. It's not going to play well with with much of anybody except for except for you know, yeah, people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Far uh, be on the far left who don't have to worry about paying for gas i would say and and on just a side note i read an ap story here about 30 minutes ago there's a company that makes the wind turbine blades and then the big shells that the Mm -hmm. generators go in uh one in kansas one in iowa they're uh, shutting down laying off people lack of demand for uh, turbines interesting Uh, um and again i'll tell you i mean i i support the idea greatly of of diversifying and looking to different better energy sources for the future and i mean if oil's not it that's fine but we are where we are today okay and it's not you know the person who has to drop fill up gas every five days in their car and and they've got to use their car they're not right now thinking about leading up the change to, to energy sources and and being a part of that and that's that's why this is a part of it. it's just it may, and there may be some truth to it but it's just not a winning political talking point, but I don't. Sometimes I don't think a lot of people care about that. Number one, maybe we've got a fusion here of two of our segments: Generation Collaboration and RLF Request Line Friday. Ooh. Could be. Um, besides being one of the most influential bands in music history, a new study found that younger people have no clue who, <laughs> no, the Beatles are. How you young know? are we talking here? Um. Gen Z. Okay, good. Younger Between 1997 and 2021, so 25 or younger, uh, are are unfamiliar, according to this. And uh, two-thirds unfamiliar with Aretha Franklin. Yeah, uh, so Fred Roberts did this thing. We I, I follow him on, on Twitter. Yeah, Aretha Franklin, half of them didn't know you two or the Supremes either. Uh, Pink Floyd, David Boy, Prince, all hovering around the 50% mark. Yeah, but who's to blame for this? I don't not think... The, not them, not the kids. You know, if your kids were listening to Request Line Friday, right? If you're Gen Zers like Gen Z Molly, I bet Gen Z Molly knows who the Beatles are. She hears them every day, but she gets to hear some of our music. Listen, Request Line Friday is doing a public service to. Are America. you kidding me? Gen Z Molly knows who Flock of Seagulls is. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I bet you guys didn't know that Bob Dylan's 81 today. Is he? Yes. Ooh, I hope I get a cake with a lot of candles. <laughs> 
756. Sorry I did that, folks. The morning drive. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management is our sponsor. 757-KLIN. Oh, yeah. All right, Caleb just took a call off the air uh, that uh, that apparently one of our listeners has been listening to my uh, quest to get one of those Rivian electric pickups. Well, they found it. They found one in Lincoln uh, at, a, at a lot in Lincoln, and I'm looking up the prices, though. Caleb, the best one I can get, or the best deal I can get on one right now uh, is for one that has only 968 miles, which is nice, but this is going to cost me 139000 bucks. Oof. 314-mile range, quad motor, 21-inch 21 21-inch arrow wheels. I like arrow wheels. I do. I, I mean, kind of require arrow that wheels. That is a, uh, a big hit to uh, one of your paychecks. <laughs> stop it. You can stop that. That's very much very much fun. Jason Ball from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce joining us right now. Morning, Jason. How are you doing? Good Good morning. I'm intimidated by these car prices. Yeah, I, I am too. Listen, but, uh, you know, a few tanks of gas, and we'll probably about break even on that That's whole right. thing. you got to run the numbers on that. If Sharpen you, the pencil a Yes, bit. exactly. How are you doing? Good to talk to you here again. I am good. Thrilled yeah. to be here. Thank you. Um, four months with the Chamber. Four yeah. months. And Jason and I were just talking off the air. He's kind of just been in this transition period, obviously, with the job, family. Family's going to be moving here uh, soon, finishing off school year and, and those sorts of things. And um, that'll probably be nice to really feel like the the transition is is complete from coming somewhere else to have everybody together. Here, I'm Absolutely. Sure. I, uh, I always say all of me has not been here yet. I've yeah. been very dedicated to the job and loving what I'm doing, but uh, it'll be nice to have the rest. A lot of here. FaceTimes, using a lot of FaceTime with the family, Zooms, yep. calls, all those things, I'm sure. Yep, the technology makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, yep. I bet. I bet. Um, I, I guess, I assume kind of one of the things that you did when you got here is just, okay, say, what do we have? You knew you knew about Lincoln Chamber, obviously taking the job, but kind of more of a like a deep dive uh, within the chamber, all all of the things that are happening, all of the programs, everything else. And I know you're kind of wrapping that up a, a little bit now, but just kind of tell me what you saw, what that experience was like for you and, and what it makes you think about the future. Yeah, well, it's it's been fun. You know, it's it's been 10 years since I have lived in uh, Lincoln and worked at the chamber. And so I'm I'm. I really wanted to be careful and look for blind spots, right? Not and not take anything for granted. And so, you know, I I did a, a fairly extensive analysis of of just my read and what I was hearing from other business leaders in in the community about, uh, you know, several factors: chamber engagement within the community, how our relationships with other organizations look, and and how membership is, um, relationship with key partners at the city, uh, uh, at the county, and other elected levels as well. Um, the economic development picture. We've talked a lot about workforce mm-hmm. on on this program as well. Uh, tourism and hospitality has been important. Uh, obviously, it's a changing policy environment right now. We just mm-hmm. got done with the legislative session and, and then what we're doing on marketing and communications so that we are a platform uh, for our members and investors to to get the word out about what they are doing in their business. Uh, and, and maybe this is an obvious question, but what is what is the role? What is the chamber's role as you envision it within within the community? Uh, to drive economic vitality. Okay. okay. At, at the end of the day, and so whether you're someone who's trying to start a business and build your dream, whether you've uh, had a business here for years and trying to grow it, whether uh, you know maybe you're an outside. Uh, business that's looking to expand. Uh, we want to help all those things happen. That includes, and this gets missed in this description a lot, that whole hospitality and entertainment industry. Uh, you've got Jeff, Jeff Mall on here most Fridays. Thank you. Um, you know, that whole,
whole hospitality sector is just hugely important uh, to what the community does. And then supporting other things that are sort of outside of those boxes. And, and housing has come up in that a lot. Uh, we're getting, I think, more directly involved in uh, affordable and accessible housing work than, than we ever have at the chamber. And we're doing that very proudly because it is a direct workforce issue. We are building economic vitality across all of our programs. So, I mean, as a, the answer to this question is a very long one, but so what's the strategic plan look like after, you know, you kind of put a few you months in, in evaluating and, and obviously things are happening uh, around us that are impacting the economy incredibly from obviously COVID and, and then what's happening with inflation. We were just talking about gas prices mm-hmm. as well. You, you come out of this period and where we are economically, the country and the city as well. What are what are your thoughts on the next few months, the next few years on on how you kind of make that impact strategically? Yeah. So just a few observations. The the character of Lincoln's downtown has shifted. Right. And and we've seen a lot of growth. It's been exciting to come back here and see new areas like Telegraph District and see how the, the West Hay market has been built out. But we also know that long term tenants uh, in downtown Several of those being state offices, uh, others uh, that are just uh, private uh, businesses, um, have have left those legacy facilities. Mm-hmm. And now what we're seeing some of that being backfilled with is either those existing structures are being built back as housing, uh, or we're seeing the new structures go up, which is which is more housing. And uh, that multifamily housing has a place. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is changing the character of downtown. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the major trends that I think will be unique to Lincoln that we need to to wrestle with. Combined with, uh, you know, how we find room for major facilities that we're looking at for things like, say, a, a convention center, uh, transportation and infrastructure and water security are are the other big trends that that our leadership are wanting to take a deep dive in as we get into uh, uh, a future effort at strategic plans. So that's just a few. Yeah, back to downtown. It is always interesting to me that there seems to be always demand lately for residential housing there, which which as you mentioned, when I started the show um, in, in 2006, there were a couple of couple of places there that um, were, were kind of known as residential. I mean, I don't know what the percentages are since then, since 2006, since 2000, mm-hmm. but it's had to increase fivefold, tenfold. I mean, it's 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 a completely different deal. And I, I, I'm just always kind of curious behind if that was always an unmet need. Uh, when you remember downtown from being here earlier, you probably yeah. don't remember it being nearly as much of a residential place, but the demand no. continues to be there, which is just fascinating to me. I, you know, I think that is is demand that has been in existence in Lincoln for a while, and and I think it, it the the value proposition of pursuing those opportunities for uh, uh, development professionals, development companies that can come in and do that uh, shifted just enough as the character of downtown tar- started to change as uh, some of the university system uh, grew, um, and as we saw the impact from the Antelope Valley project. I think mm. that's really when that trend. Uh, kicked off as you go around to other in particular college towns that is also a continuing trend they're just doing more and more vertical uh, um, multifamily building in your in your core downtown and and i would characterize that as probably a a healthy thing Um, it will change the character of downtown though if you have more people living downtown and, and relatively speaking fewer uh, uh professionals that are coming to work every day in what used to be offices um, that's going to change the character of what the the main street level of that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so your mom and pop restaurant and retail 
that's going to change the environment that that they operate in, and and, and so that's something I'm I'm watching closely. Yeah, and we obviously focus on much more than downtown, but that's one of right. the big shifts. I no, see. but that that's very interesting. Well, and, you know, you mentioned there's been kind of a hue and cry, like okay, we got all these people living down here, we got to have more grocery stores and yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, in the downtown area, but it's it, man, I'm telling you, the student housing, I never <laughs> I never knew that market was like it is, but mm. it's it's. I mean, so many places here. And again, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it is fascinating to me to kind of see what that changes about downtown as we know. And it's interesting for me to hear that that's one of the questions, and you kind of answered it there, that I had was, is this reflective of a larger trend in in similarly situated downtowns? And it sounds like that you are seeing that. This is my own perception, so I don't have data to back this up. But I can tell you, other cities of similar size nature in, in, in the Midwest, we're all seeing this trend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about. Well, we got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, we've talked a ton about the job market. We were, you know, it's interesting. We just had Joe Jordan from News Channel Nebraska on our show at seven ten, and and he talked about how in the statewide daycares are having a hard time finding finding people to work there, and they're you know they're they just can't compete with the rages. It's such a competitive job market right now. Um, so often when I would when I would talk to people at the chamber, it was about okay, you know, we've got job fairs available. We've got these places where people can find jobs. Yeah. It's almost like you need an employee fair now here to yeah. something as opposed to to a job fair. Uh, tell us about the the ways that you're in the short term, kind of looking at those situations and how that factors into things too. Yeah, so the employment market is a tough picture. And again, I, you've heard me say this. I'll, I'll just remind everybody, it, it, it is deeply felt in Lincoln. It is a big challenge for employers, and I do not want to minimize that. But we are experiencing this in a way very, very similar to every other major metropolitan area and, and mid-sized metro in America right now. And and so while while that doesn't change the pain and the difficulty it causes for growth, it, it is something it's that's not a an exception. Trend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so what, what I'm really watching in, in the, the future of this job market shift is if and when we do enter into an economic downturn. And it's, it's been since 2008 since we've had any sort of a, a cyclical downturn. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to cast doom and gloom. No, but they're I, per- I mean, they're, you've seen the projections. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but this is, this is what business leaders and economists are, are, are watching for. How is that going to affect our opportunities to, to recruit people into Lincoln? Uh, because I think we can all, all remember in the last economic downturn here where we, we kind of rolled through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to be uh, uh, min- minimizing about uh, you know the prospects of an economic downturn nationally again, but, but I, I think Lincoln is probably better positioned than most communities to, again, uh, weather that storm and maybe pick up opportunities, which is what happened in the 2008, 2009. Yeah. yeah and, and, and then I just, last question, I just want to ask you, I know that this uh, opportunity LNK opportunity link, the, the, yeah. these things have been going on. These, these efforts, you know, kind of like job fairs, connecting employees and employers. What do those look like right now? Like what's, what, what's happening uh, with those and where are the successes? Where are they productive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of this is retail politics is a good way to put it. Uh, we had 35 employers participate in the opportunity LNK uh, job fair last week. And we had about a hundred attendees that were job seekers. And I went around and thanked almost all of our 35 employers. Hey, thank you for doing this. 
how, how do you find traffic? And they said, we think this is great. We had people that did get connected with jobs that filled out applications on site. Um, uh, some of those job seekers were refugees there with their sponsor yeah. families. We're thrilled to have that happen. Uh, some are, are actually currently unemployed people that are, that are looking for an opportunity. A few folks that are new to Lincoln uh, yeah. that the timing worked out for them to be there. And the, the thing that I found interesting and would not have expected going in is, is various skill levels. So we had people that were there that were looking for, say, engineers uh, in, in trying to make some connections as, as well as, you know, uh, uh, frontline construction uh, yeah. uh, positions, for example. Yeah. So a big mix of opportunities. Well, it's, it's, it's you know, this the things like that event, they've they kind of change. They evolve with what the job market is yeah. to some degree. Who's there? Who's, who's needing people needing the jobs, people needing the employment? What fields are the ones that are in need? And so I'm sure that looks different year to year. And it's interesting to kind of get a snapshot of it right now. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, uh, a lot of new people in town is, as we hear, not only talked about refugees, that's going to continue to be something I think the community talks about. And when you hear about the, you know, the housing issues, it's because in part got a lot of people here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I saw the census projections had I can't now I'm not going to remember the exact numbers, but uh, linking up in the four to five hundred thousand range here mm-hmm. in a couple of decades. Yeah, and we got to be planning so. for, for growth. And that means, you know, back to, to water security, transportation and roadways. How are we going to get the number of rooftops and houses built that we need here in the community? Uh, public safety's coming right. again this weekend. Right. And we need to be planning for, for those investments. Yep. So we, we got some we got some challenges. But again, Lincoln's well positioned. East Beltway. East Beltway and then Center Beltway, which is an aerial, an aerial freeway. Think Dodge Street in Omaha, but all the way north to south in the city of Lincoln. Well, Jack, I'm going to try to get your linear golf course put in the first. The linear golf that's, course, that's priority one, obviously. One on the north end, one on the south end. <laughs> Enjoy all the revenue. That's all I'm saying. Hey, good to talk to you, Jason. I appreciate it. We'll check in again soon, all right? Thanks, Jack. All right, say 25. Tell K today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. 837 LNK today with Jack and Friends, May 24, 2022. Cloudy skies, rain in the area, in the capital city. The kids got their kids at LPS, got their Salt Dogs game canceled today. No. That they were yeah, canceled during COVID, what? didn't huh. get a go. And uh, my, you know, my daughter was fired up, you get to spend a day sure. not at school, but going to a baseball game. And and unfortunately, the uh, the the director of athletics at Purdue canceled it, and uh, very disappointing that that would happen. Not good. And and my guess is they would have watched a couple pitches. Yeah, and then just would have been wacko run around, <laughs> Buck Belter playground, go crazy out there. It's, they, I, they deserve a day like that. This is uh yeah. The older elementary kids get to do it. This is their farewell to elementary school, and they've, they've had a they've had a weird elementary career. The class of of twenty twenty two. These little bit happen. Li- pandemics happen. You see, now and then they're going to be fine. These kids are resilient. 
I, I, I believe Boy, so, too. If I, I had so a dollar too. for every time I hear the word resilient each day, I'd probably have four bucks every night. <laughs> People use that word a lot now. Yeah, Here, I'm you, joining them. You are. It's, uh, <laughs> Why not? If it's something you know, well, you, you, trendy. You use that word more than Steve Simple uses the word precocious. Um, but nonetheless, that's neither here nor there. He's retired. Have he, you heard that? He left. I have. I did a podcast yeah. with him. You're not a Jack Mitchell podcast listener? Uh, uh, as not as regularly as I wish. <laughs> I missed that one. I had all the most of the others did I you? had nailed. What was your favorite one besides that? Whew. Oh, when you had, oh, I love it when you have leaders on. You know, yeah. guys are really yeah. in charge. And okay. yes. Yeah, those were, that was a good one. This, the leader. This, well, what uh, gives you ideas? Like, how I'm, can I be better? I did a Brett Lindstrom on. Uh, I had, uh, you know, leaders. Every, everyone has on these podcasts, you know, impressive people who've accomplished stuff. I want people who haven't done much. You know, like, look, you know. I can do I'm, that. <laughs> I've got everyday Bill right here. I can do that. Bill, tell, hey, us, listen. tell us about lawn care and how's it going in your backyard. Jamie, i got to crank out an episode per week now. I mean, we're going to, at some point, just, that's just going to be a natural just, consequence. Just go with the homo sapien. Well, I found, I found Eddie. This is, and, uh... This is, Eddie, tell us about this is, things. This so, is Ra- so, Randy, you've been chasing your dreams for 40 years. What's yeah. been holding you back? <laughs> exactly. Why hasn't it worked out? I, I, want, I want a social media platform where you curate your least impressive accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's putting up their greatest hits. No, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Like Your shortfalls, yeah. here's, here's, all of those here's things. Here's a photo of me tripping on the stairs with right. coffee. Here's a, here's a picture of me not at the gym. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Exactly. Here's my kid with an F. Here's my my kid after he got cut from the team. Here's my my adult child's uh, application for uh, disability. You know, who knows? We could be called uh, unemployment benefits. uh, Failer. F-A-I-L-R. Failer. There you go. Could go huge. No, people go through. It'll make everybody feel better. It would. I tell you, you're right. We need a negative social media platform where people just share. That's how everyone feels when they jump on these social media platforms. The anti-Instagram. They're hammering the likes, but in their mind, they're hammering their own personal dislikes. Jeez. That so that's a great point. Instead, yeah. I mean, we're never getting rid of it, but now yeah, maybe dear. we jo- you watch out, Elon. JB and I are yes. uh, JB and I are coming for now, you. One of the rules is your hair must be unkempt. <laughs> You can't check for me. <laughs> How about helium gate? Oh my goodness! No more balloons. I'm surprised you showed up today after the end of uh, a tradition you've seen for well, uh, for decades. Just it's, gave, it's over. Just gave a lot of mojo to the opposition. Uh, they boy. come in here. We're not. Have to de- we don't have to deal with those balloons anymore. Caleb, how is the uh, response? You posted the article that you wrote about this. How's the response going in the Facebook? Ninety ten. Uh, people are just being as civil as you could ever hope. Good. And everyone is friends. Is better. In fact, they are uh, losing their dang minds. Well, these—it's uh, an environmental issue, apparently. Apparently, you let go of these balloons, and they they get tangled up with tiger beetles, and then sandhill cranes are flying by. And there goes that. But I wish you know how we have storm spotters. We need balloon spotters because I've never seen one of these balloons after the, the touchdown. I have. I told the story earlier in the show today. Okay, and, 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 uh, like Thurston County balloon spotters. I, 1986, Nebraska, Florida State. My parents yep. went to the game, first night game at Memorial Stadium. Nebraska beat Bobby Bowden. I stayed at my grandparents' house in Holland, Nebraska. Nice. And Saturday night, we watched the game. Sunday morning, we walked to church like you do in, in Holland, down yeah. the driveway. Nice. And I see a little red balloon uh, ah. that was halfway inflated, and it had an N on it. said tassels on the bottom, which was the organization, okay. I believe, at the time. Was it degrading the, the local environment? Uh, I picked it up, okay. and I kept it, and I still have it. 
I still have that. So thing, it was harming so. your bedroom environment. It's in. A, it's now in a box that my wife would like me to get rid of with a whole bunch of newspapers and old posters. Stuff. Just my Everyone Husker memorabilia stuff. When I go to a store, I go in there. I'm like, look, I don't want anything, but can I drop off a bunch of stuff? That, I I will grant you that in my maturing as an adult, yep. the joy of getting rid of oh. of clutter is what material, freeing. What material item actually brings joy? Can you think of purchases that bring joy? I know there's a lot that bring clutter, but what big I'll TVs? You, I would say you need, you need one. You need one. A nice. Oh, you don't need. Oh, don't nine. tell me a nice big TV doesn't. But but kids, uh, have you like should nine see my basement. Them. I got. I have, have multiple. A, I have a two computer, three monitor setup. Oh, I got a TV on the wall with the Roku. Uh, I can do that. Good luck. That talk- brings me a lot of joy. Good luck talking to you on football I do, days. I do my podcast. That that brings I'll me joy. You, I'll give you one hot tub. Hot tub brings me joy. Does it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It it helps me sleep better. It it, it you know after a game of tennis, golf. Oh man. You have one in your house? Inside? No. Outdoor. No, I know at your house. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, I meant. Yeah, yeah, your, yeah. Was this like, an every night thing for you? No, two three times a week. Okay. In the winter? Oh, heck you yeah. You do the winter? Well, you watch the stars. You ever seen stars? Gorgeous. No, yeah, I have. I've it's seen stars. Gig. I'm not I'm unaware of but, stars. You know, as far as vehicles, <laughs> like people spend a fortune. You're talking about some hundred forty thousand dollar car. I don't see. I don't get that. My my car gets me to the same location. No, I'm just looking for. Um, uh, listen, the the electric Rivian. It's got a. I don't know if you know this. It's got a like a, a tailgate thing that folds out of mm. it. And you have got a range, and you can. Plus, it's electric, and you know, don't need a house. Those sorts of things. You're hang out in that thing. Uh, you know, it's the new non balloon world that we're living on. We're here, pretty John. materialistic, and uh, especially at a time when we need to, you know, tighten our belts right now. Maybe we might lose a little bit of that. What the thing I would like to do is get rid of my kitchen. I'd like to get rid of. 90% of my Tupperware, 90% of it, just, just that would, you know, that alone would help. That alone would change my just outlook and stress. Same Do with, it when your wife is out of town. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I just, it doesn't stay organized and doggone it if I need to find a lid that matches yep. one of the pieces. And then, and, and then, then I'll get all organized. I'll be like, I'm going to set this up in a way that it's useful and I do it and it lasts about a week. One thing you can learn about, and I think on YouTube is how to nest your Tupperware. Oh, you okay. nest it. Well, luckily, I've got many screens that I can you, you watch can, that and tune spark in. happiness. But still, they get unnested, and yeah, they're all no, over the place, a, strewn all over the place. That, yes, they're I like do. the balloons after a touchdown. A real, I mean, I cleaned my garage this weekend. You know that feeling after you clean your garage, oh. and you can walk in it, and and I, I granted, it lasts a good three to five days. I used to have dreams. Now I just want to eliminate clutter and get rid of my email stack. Yeah. You know what I did? No. I turned off my uh, the little red badge on my iPhone that shows how many emails that I have. So it just Smart. It always looks like there's none. Genius. It, so just looking at the phone is less stressful now. Turn it off. People it's have great. a tough time making their own funerals. They got so many emails still to handle. <laughs> now, I'm not the best person to reach by email, that said, but nonetheless, I feel better about the But the, the younger generation has learned a few things. They don't even deal with email. They don't have ah. this agony. No. Smart. Yeah, they're moving away from that sort of thing. Hey, I, I think I may have a solution, though. I think that, that could make everyone happy with the uh, Balloon Gate okay. 2022. I, I know of a false sport where this is still possible. Okay? Say more. Uh, first point of the match nice. at Bob Devaney Center. Let him loose. Let him loose. Okay. okay. They go up to the ceiling. Yes. We get some they, of the staff there, gather them on up. Just let them stay there until they start floating down. No environmental impact. None. A finite amount of helium is used. 
But there'd be some helium. There'd be some, but it's not. It's just listen. We'd be we'd you, be dialing back our helium footprint. You have to make an announcement. This is not Russian helium, right? <laughs> American only. No, American only. Oh, oh made in the USA. When helium. I consume helium from now on, it's all made in the USA. No doubt. No doubt and about it. It is better too. Yeah, it, it really goes. So I'm just saying, what a scene that would be at the Devaney Center. Oh. You know, and you might have the issue that some one of them might hit the uh, the walkway or something and deflate and those things happen. come down on the ground. But one of those one of those gals would just spike the crap out of it and get it out of there. So. How about game one winning point? The first game yeah. winning strike. Oh, game, oh, so you got to hold the balloons the whole time until that point. Sure, that's part of the fun. Is it? That's one of the things. Listen. Under your chair. Under your chair. Mixed feelings about the balloon thing because mm. I have taken a a seven-ish year old boy to a football game and? where Nebraska football did not score for Uh-oh. a while, and the balloon was more at that point of a liability than enhancing my Don't go to an experience. Ohio State game. That's the lesson there. Save it save it for you want, Fordham. You, you know? want Fordham, you want Northwestern, boom. One game a year, maybe. Maybe that's it. One game a one balloon game a year. One reduce the footprint. And no people still get it. Game you no no Russian helium. Worst statistical defense on the schedule. Figure out who it is. There you go. Listen, just solving problems left and right here. Today. We don't just identify them. We try to actually no, solve that's them. Exa- that is, that's the difference. Most talk radio, you're yep. just going to hear, you they know. Talk about this traffic. Faster. Boy, I've listened to some of the commercials on this. So you heard some of the commercials on this station? Oh, oh my gosh. Inflation's up. My testosterone's down. My prostrate's a problem. Your prostrate? I mean, <laughs> That's a different problem. (laughs) From the issues, they do do prostrate checks differently these days. You know. Well, it sounds like adult guys just carry around portable urinals. I mean, this is a major issue. (laughs) No, I'm I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Um, (laughs) But by the way, here's here's the scenario that is going to tie people up in knots. Okay. Good. Nebraska football. I'm going to take you ahead to 2022. Good. Nebraska football comes out of Ireland. They beat Northwestern, right? They oh, get a couple of couple of different. Can we slow down cu- a little no, bit? No, listen. This, uh, you're not going to do this to me now. I, you always do this to me. I'm I'm giving you a hypothetical <laughs> okay, right now, okay. not a guarantee. And then you go in and you beat North Dakota and love it. Georgia Southern, and then Oklahoma comes in, oh. and it's all the game of the century. We bring oh. Barry Switzer out. The Boz is nice. there. Everybody's there, and Nebraska beats Oklahoma in Lincoln. Places up for grabs, and before you know it, in a few weeks, you got a five and zero. You got a five and zero home record in twenty twenty two. Transfers are all fitting in, and then somebody points out Nebraska five and zero without balloons, and, and then nobody cares about then, balloons anymore. And then what? Don't bring and them then, back. Don't, and Do then the people who are on Caleb's Facebook page decrying. Hey, these people aren't allowed on my personal Facebook Trev page. Albert's wokeness <laughs> but, are all of a sudden going to say, I never want to see a balloon again in my life. But I hear on the internet, people never change their mind. They're always very, very consistent. Nebraska football is the exception. If okay. they can get wins, if they can get wins, there's no Wouldn't more that be a wonderful force. hypothetical? It's possible. It's absolutely possible. possible. Anything is possible. So great. Place will be up for grabs. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. Anything new happening in the volleyball world? It's kind of been a slow part for for that. Uh, you know, okay. hey, uh, Nicklin Haynes on my podcast. Not to nice. Yeah, That's what I meant by that. leadership. Yeah, <laughs> you, said leaders. you said guys, but yeah, <laughs> that is a generic term. There's gotcha, no there's gotcha. no gender yeah, specificity. Gotcha, gotcha. Fluid. Got it. Yeah, uh, Kayla. 
went to Texas. Yeah, we yeah we know that. that's, that's old uh, news. Yeah, that's old news. But uh, uh, do we know? Do we have a a, a, a sure answer uh, yet on Kayla Caffey? Like what? Where is that at right now? Well, NCAA said yes, and I'm thinking that Nebraska academics will definitely follow. With oh, okay, a, with so a big yes. All right, so that's probably. Uh, all all done, and she, I, we'll see. I think so. I, I think there's some. If there's an academic snafu well, locally know. that keeps her out of the lineup, people will hey, not be hey. happy. There's another prediction for you. People would not be happy. See, you are quite the soothsayer today. Um, <laughs> no, I remember that happening with a, a Nebraska basketball recruit once. Was, oh boy, ended up going to Memphis. Yes, and that was a, that was actually a Doc Sadler recruit. Yeah, who by, knows? Who knows? Doc Sadler may be still the man in the ship here right now. If that little record snafu hadn't happened, uh, he might have run into some other issues. <laughs> but you are an optimist. <laughs> Doc, Doc Sadler's record as a head coach and an assistant coach at Nebraska, not ideal. No, no, not but, ideal. Uh, uh, you know, still, still, you ever watch? Yeah, I remember his introductory press conference back in 2006. You ever watch tennis? That's what it's going to be baseline to baseline. <laughs> Nice. I remember when he got. I remember when he got the <laughs> Not southern. Not as good as my Dylan impersonation. When he got the southern miss, he's his press conference was get on your dancing shoes. We're going dancing. Get on your dancing shoes. Well, they kind of stay. They stayed in the I closet. Like that. See, that's a, that's that's always a hard thing. I have a hard time with with coaches and people that I like. Kind of uh, going on the offensive when things aren't going well with 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 coaches and people. Say that more. I like. Um, you know, I uh, well, okay. I'll say this: this is a well-known one for people who follow me on Twitter. I was a a, a big fan of my interactions with Tim Miles. Okay, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, a Tim Miles would, guy. He would, um, you know, I call, text. I could. Get, he would come on the show with me. Um, he was nice great. guy. We, you know, we have other some some of the things in common, and so yeah, I found found it hard, and I think it's a little bit that way with Frost too, to some degree. When when the I. I sort of get myself personally invested in these nice. people, and I've got a bit of a difficult time flipping that switch like sure. some people can when when the performance isn't there. It, it's really true. But Mike Anderson, the same way, Nebraska baseball. Oh, he, was he was great. great he was guy. a great guy. Yeah, he was a really great guy, and so that was that was tough for me. And so I, I think Doc would fall under that heading as well. And then I'm not going to name names, but then there's some who weren't great guys and gals, and it was a little easier to. Uh, to but, fall on the other side of that. That's part of the job is you're the, you're the face of the program, and depending on the sport, you can be the face of the state. But oh, to me, what's most important is, you know, to what extent have you created, cultivated a healthy culture uh, where the kids really buy in and the players really right. love you? That's what's most important. Right. The public persona is such a fraction of some. It's important, know, but it's such but a it, fraction of someone's identity. But and then, of course... Per- being a good person always matters, yeah, though, yeah. JB. Per- Come on. That, character, character, character matters. Character matters. But, you know, W's and L's matter as well. I'm kind of a throwback <laughs> in that respect. That's I, I agree with that. Listen, that, you know what? Coach Cook got him both. Got both sides of it. All the above it, uh, comes comes on my show. Uh, it's come on my oh. show many times. Uh, and, and talk he, to him. Uh, he's such an ambassador for the sport, right? I mean, he's really he's got his fingerprints on a lot of the growth. In my opinion, yes, yeah. volleyball wise, that's the that's the that's the best package of the whole thing. Jeez, I, I better have Mike Riley on this show eight times. Really, <laughs> I better have Mike Riley on this show. I'm not kidding. Eight times he came on that often. Polini Frost combined. You want to guess how many? Four. Really? Never. 
Never. Not yet. And have you asked? We're working on that. Have you asked? Oh, yeah. We'll keep getting Mike Riley on then. (laughs) (laughs) That's how his USFL team is doing. He's too busy. They've got like six wins, eight wins. They're doing well. Are they? Yeah. Have you seen yeah, that? Things get interesting this year. You never know. <laughs> Have you seen the TV? Up. <laughs> I've gotten lost occasionally at, at health clubs, and, and they have got USFL games on. There's nobody there. Yeah. That's uh, a, a kind of exciting week one, and then it goes away, like every other secondary and professional. Honeymoon. League. All right. Congrats on your Celtics doing well. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Two, two. Got to win this. Bring on the Warriors. Yep. All right. Thank you, JB. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Jack attack. 855 on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. This is your all-time best bumper in history. Yeah, yeah I know. I need to say that to yeah. you. Hey, keys to the city uh, is going on. Your chance to win every day uh, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we are uh, spotlighting a local business each week, and you can go to the KLIN website. You put in the keyword for that business today. The keyword is local, local, L-O-C-A-L, and our business is Norms on 48th. Munch Madness Champions. You can, uh, they're offering delicious breakfast, burritos, daily smash burgers, smoke pulled pork sandwiches. Watch Facebook for menu details or order online at norzon48th.com slash menu. You can also go get an additional uh, entry if you go visit places. And somebody's going to win a gift certificate to every business we feature. Over a thousand bucks in gift cards. KLIN.com, keys to the city. We will see you tomorrow. What chapter? Hide Wednesday. It's 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.